0: Hello everyone! Welcome to episode 12 of Wake Up Call. Today we have a very exciting episode with a special guest. We'll be talking about quite an intriguing topic, maybe that many of you have not even thought of before. We'll be talking about prison abolition. And for that, we have a very special guest from the organization Critical Resistance based in California, in the United States. Vidju, welcome to the show.
1: Great, yeah, thanks, Wilda. thanks for having me.
0: So to get started, could you just tell us a bit more about your organization, what it exactly does and what it aims for in generally?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So Critical Resistance is a national grassroots organization dedicated to ending policing, imprisonment and surveillance and replacing that with what actually makes our community safe. So those are things like housing, healthcare and food and stuff like that. So in other words, uh, our mission is to end the prison industrial complex by challenging the belief that Caging and controlling people makes us safe. We believe that basic necessities, such as food, shelter, and freedom, are what actually make our communities secure. So actually earlier, when you mentioned prison abolition, our our mission is a little bit different, where we actually um, assess our like main target of abolition to be the prison industrial complex, which which I'll like get into in a second. And, oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, of course. No, I was just going to ask you to el- elaborate um, uh, whenever you're ready on the, on what the pri- uh, prison industrial complex is, but I'll let you finish your thought. Go ahead. You?
1: Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just going to talk a little bit more about kind of critical resistance. Uh, so we have uh, local city-based chapters uh, to fight the prison industrial complex in local contexts where we often engage in different campaigns and projects that work to dismantle the PIC, the prison industrial complex, by reducing the size and scope of various parts of policing, imprisonment, and surveillance. So what that that can look like is uh, reducing funding to prisons, imprisonment, policing, and surveillance, uh, reducing the scale of those systems, um, challenging the idea, that we need prisons, imprisonment, policing, and surveillance to keep us safe. And then also like reducing the power that like the tools and technologies that are used for these um, systems have. And yeah, to get into what is the prison industrial complex. So for us uh, at CR, that's a term that we use to describe the overlapping sets of interests, interests of government and industry. That use uh, policing, imprisonment, surveillance, and punishment as like quote unquote solutions to different social, economic, and political problems. And so we see the PIC like through its reach and impact as um, maintaining the power and authority of. Or sorry, helping and maintaining the power of people or the authority of people that have their power through, like different privileges, privileges like social, economic, racial, or gender privilege, and yeah, and we're organizing against it because we don't see that as um, actually addressing the root causes of why uh, violence, harm, and conflict happen in our society. And yeah, I'll pause there. That was a lot.
0: Just to build up on that, I actually wanted to ask you a bit more about how those power structures really work. Because I feel like the the dominant view in society is that prisons keep us safe, that the government cares about people, that they want the best for them. So could you just kind of build upon how did the prison industrial complex arise and how exactly is the government sort of making prisons bad or, or working against its own people?
1: So we see like prisons or like while prisons, police and surveillance have existed for uh, generations. So like lots of, lots of years under racial capitalism. Um, we see the PIC as a set of overlapping industries and institutions that actually emerged after World War II as a counter insurgency response to neutralize rebellion and revolution. So we mainly see the PIC as being a more recent phenomenon that exists that like more so arose since the 60s and the 70s. Um, And so a lot of our work is to kind of address the current phenomenon of the PIC, which uh, we see as having emerged more recently. And so one example of that is in California, uh in the 20 in uh, 20 years from like the 90s to the early 2000s uh California actually uh built 23 prisons in the course of 20 years and so that was part of this like massive expansion of the powers of the prison industrial complex that we saw and so our work is kind of addressing things like that expansion um different policing institutions that have, like, tried to grow their power and things like that.
2: So, um, on to the concept of prison abolition, which you said was sort of the, the end goal, just what, what would that look like? I mean, I think I speak for a lot of our viewers in which I, I sort of cannot imagine a society in which, you know, we don't lock people away for for for, you know, committing crimes. So does this look like decriminalizing a lot of um, activities? Does it include like, you know, different sorts of of, of punishments for crimes? Um, what does it mean for, I mean, this is, this is a question I'm sure you get a lot, but what does it mean for the most violent and, and you know, dangerous in our society that, you know, in many cases, may be either beyond rehabilitation or just be a, a, a present active danger? What do we do with people that commit crimes of that nature? Just sort of, what are the the mechanics that eventually lead to a society free of imprisonment?
1: Totally, yeah, that's a huge question. Um, and I'll like do my best to cover all of it. So definitely let me know if I miss anything. Um, so I guess first, just to clarify, uh, So we're organizing towards a prison industrial complex abolition. So we wanna like address kind of not just imprisonment but also policing and surveillance and kind of all of the overlapping uh, interests that promote those as like the solutions to um, the different problems of our society. And so what uh, PIC abolition is to us, it's a vision with the goal of eliminating like prison, imprisonment, policing and surveillance and create lasting alternatives to those systems. And I think this is like exactly the question that you're asking, but it's more, it's a lot more, or this is exactly what you were suggesting. It's a lot more than just getting rid of buildings with cages. Um, It's about kind of undoing the society in which we live because the PIC, like the prison industrial complex both feeds on and maintains uh, Oppression and inequalities that are like inherent, that are like kind of so vastly intertwined with our current society um, through punishment and violence, and we need to like change it all. And so uh, Ruthie Gilmore, who is uh, one of the original CR members and is one of our advisors currently, puts it really well. Uh, abolition is only a, is is about changing one thing. And that thing is everything so it's like a big kind of scope um, but we are here to do that work and so kind of our vision is creating uh, healthy and stable communities that respond to harm without relying on imprisonment and punishment and for us uh, abolition is both a long-term vision and or organizing strategy and so i can talk more about like what that work looks like day to day Um, or like kind of how we get towards abolition and then I can get to uh, the next part of your question, if that sounds good, cool. Uh, So yeah, let me just check my notes really quick. Um, Yeah, so at CR, we have a three-part theory of change. And so those three parts are dismantle, change and build. So as we work to dismantle the prison industrial complex, We're also working to change the conditions in which our society is structured and the conditions under which we live. And also working to build the mechanisms needed to live lives worth living. So what that looks like is building up the power of our communities. So that's like especially poor communities and people of color. Um, And as we're doing this building work and as we're like dismantling the PIC and as we're changing our conditions, uh, we create the people power necessary to shift power away from the prison industrial complex and shift that power, like that decision-making power, the like power to control what our lives look like, uh, back towards our communities.
2: And yes, yeah, I'm scrolling through really quick.
1: Um, and then yeah, so in terms of like dealing with crime and unstable folks or like people who need support? Um, Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, And I guess first I'll say, uh, like first I'll say that uh, crime is socially constructed. And so what that means is that the definition of what is a crime changes based on, or has changed based on time and place. And so the PIC, is used to criminalize people or specific actions or activities in order to legitimize the use of punishment, particu- particularly imprisonment, surveillance, and policing. So in that sense, uh, it's not really about crime or criminals, but more of a problem about, about how harm and violence like enacted by the prison industrial complex is used to like quote unquote solve Crimes are like solve these actions that are deemed as crimes, but in fact, those just create the conditions for more crimes like or more like quote unquote crimes to happen. And so the fact of the matter is simple uh, prisons are harmful and violent and they don't actually serve to reduce harm and violence, but in fact they create harm and perpetuate violence. Uh, prisons harm communities by breaking families and communities apart uh, and they exacerbate violence by caging people in horrendous conditions that promote harm and isolation and what we see is that like I think I mentioned this before but like conflict harm and violence can only be uh, addressed by addressing the root social economic and political problems that lead to those things happening and we see the PIC as Not addressing those root problems at all. Yeah,
2: sorry. I feel like I think I think, yeah, I think that that most would would agree with with a lot of what you're saying when you talk about the harms that the current you know prison industrial complex enacts on people, especially uh, marginalized communities. Um, One thing I want to circle back to is is when you talked about uh, crime being a social construct, and I mean I think you know self evidently a lot of that statement is true. Like of course, like you know, but the very fact that criminal codes differ from country to country like is proof of that fact but I mean when 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 I was referring to crime and I think when most people refer to crime they just refer to something that loosely aligns with our like modern conceptions of of, of morality and 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 justice and and what is right and wrong and I, I just want to um like sort of i understand that, that that you know the the crime is is a social construct that we're aiming to to get rid of but the harm that comes from someone's actions also needs to be addressed both by the perpetrator of those actions and um you know in accordance with the victim um what would your solution to 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 that end of the of the spectrum be
1: yeah thanks for sure uh, that was perfect and you kind of answered the question like uh uh in 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 your own question um so basically what we see is when harm does happen uh there needs to be like accountability processes that allow folks to heal from harm but also ensure that people's basic needs like food shelter education etc are all uh, met and those should be kind of the things that we focus on because we don't Think it's possible for anyone to heal or anyone to get well by being put in a cage and like to elaborate more on our kind of like abolitionist uh future um like i mentioned before with the ruthie quote uh pic abolition is about radically changing the conditions in which we live basically like throughout our whole society and when we change those conditions will change will also change like Uh, people's behaviors and people's behaviors like will change. So in this like kind of futuristic abolitionist world uh, where the PIC doesn't exist, uh, harm and conflict may still occur, but like our vision and like what we believe is that with these accountability processes and with everyone's needs being met, the level of violence and the level of harm that happen will be totally different. And so we kind of uh, Yeah, basically, it's hard to imagine what an abolitionist world will look like, and we're not going to get there tomorrow, or just like by changing one thing. So we have to make kind of a vast set of changes to our society and to how we like interact with each other, how we interact with ourselves, etc, in order to get to that abolitionist world.
0: Yeah, what I also wanted to talk about with you is you mentioned that the police is obviously very closely intertwined with the whole prison industrial complex. So how would, well, I mean, would the police even exist in in the abolitionist world, or would people sort of govern themselves? How would that accountability look like?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess uh, short answer is I don't know what the what that world would look like, uh, but I do know that. Um, police as they exist now don't actually uh, serve to keep us safe. Um, They are like uh, kind of like what I was talking about before Uh, the police and imprisonment and surveillance like are all integral parts to are like of the PIC and we see its main role uh, currently as uh, not there to reduce like violence and harm but rather to control Uh, contain and in some cases even kill the people that represent the greatest threats to the status quo. Um, And so those are like poor folks, uh, people of color, et cetera, et cetera. And so in that regard, like we don't see the PIC or or like any elements of the prison industrial complex as things that need to be fixed or as things that need to be reformed, but rather we see those things. Uh, we see uh, those parts of the PIC as things that we need to render obsolete so gradually we work to like shrink um, and chip away at all of the different parts of the system so like policing included in order to eventually kind of make them go away. yeah
0: Um. I also. That's a great answer. Uh, I also wanted to sort of uh, understand your work a little bit more. Could you maybe tell us some examples of the organizing that you do and maybe some sort of partners that you have? Because I feel like still this change that you're proposing is very systemic and, you know, from the grassroots. So you would obviously need some political partners to help you with that. Um, Is that easy to gain political support? Or, sort of see actual accomplishments uh, with the work that you're doing?
1: yeah, this is that's a really awesome question. yeah, I really appreciate this interview. You all are asking some really nice questions um, uh, like really thoughtful and thought provoking ones., uh, so I appreciate the kind of research that you all did before. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I guess I would say, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to cover with that. So I guess first it was like um what has some of that work looked like in the past and like what are some examples? And then who have we done that work with? And then also uh like what are some examples of that work happening currently? Does that sound yeah, funny? sure. Okay, cool. Um yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, so, like I mentioned before, we engage in uh, uh, abolitionist campaigns and projects to reduce the like size and scope of the prison industrial complex while also like changing conditions and building up our like communities, strengthen our community people power. Um, and so, in those abolitionist campaigns, we often target a local piece of the prison industrial complex and work to, um, like, and so that local piece could be like a new jail, like a jail construction project, a prison expansion project, a, a local part of policing or something like that. And then we work to basically get rid of that. And so in that work, uh, we often engage uh, in coalitions with like a variety of different um, organizations from different sectors, uh, because we see um, prison industrial complex abolition as something for everyone. And so when we... uh, So when we do our organizing in these different spaces, we try to draw links to other movements and like bring those folks in. So uh, one example of this was the uh, Stop Delano 2 campaign, uh, which was the campaign that uh, stopped uh, California's uh, prison expansion program that I mentioned uh, earlier. And so in that campaign, uh, folks found a lot of links for uh, environmental justice organizers and uh, the prison industrial complex abolitionists, and actually found out that the site of the prison construction was um, like one home of this endangered species. I think it was called the kangaroo rat. And so we actually drew those links and then used that as, um, and were able to get folks on board. Like not only for the kangaroo rat, but also for like the broad array of uh, links that uh, we saw that the prison construction was doing. So, yes, yeah, and then and then so um, as part of that work, um, or sorry, and then another impact of our kind of history was, uh, or sorry. Another thing that uh, CR has worked to accomplish was um, taking millions of dollars from uh, the California uh, corrections budget uh, through forming an organization that's now 70 plus, or that's uh, now a coalition of 70 plus um, different organizations called CURB or Californians United for a Responsible Budget and so in this uh, coalition we see uh, folks from a variety of different sectors that are all kind of united uh, with the understanding that like we don't need to like a responsible budget does not put money towards imprisonment or policing but rather puts money towards like all the things i was saying before like housing healthcare um, and things like that yeah and Yeah, I think, was that everything? I might have missed one.
0: No, that was great. It's really nice hearing that you guys actually uh, make these coalitions and make things happen. It's really great to hear that. Another thing that I wanted to ask you is, um, I guess, I mean, I think California is a very liberal place and many people perhaps have knowledge on the prison industrial complex and support all of the things that you were mentioning. But whenever I'm talking to many of my friends who don't necessarily have this knowledge, or are overall a bit more conservative when thinking about prisons, the police, sort of, um, you know, keeping out the bad guys in society, it is very hard to have these conversations with them because even if you try discussing it, they kind of shut it down because it's such, perhaps even a radical idea to many people. So, how would you uh, approach? this topic with someone that is not educated on it or is very shy to even think about it? How would you explain that reforming the police or the prison system can't work and that we need to abolish it?
1: Oh yeah, thanks Mulda, another awesome question. Um, Yeah, I guess the way I would uh, probably approach it um, is basically asking that person, like, what are some problems that you have in your everyday life? Um, And then someone's, like, things might be like, oh, like, in California, for example, there have been a lot of wildfires, so people are, like, dealing with a lot of smoke in the air and, like, you know, a lot of other issues like that. Or um, an example is, like, um, like, housing is pretty tough and, like, super expensive here. So like maybe they have trouble like paying their rent or things like that. And then with that problem, we kind of draw the link as to why PIC abolition uh, is, part of the, is part of the solution to that problem as well. So um, one way that this has been happening currently is in our uh, closed California prisons campaign which we're doing as a part of CURB or like Californians United for a responsible budget. And so uh, through that work, and I'll talk more about it in a second, but just super briefly. um, Through that work, we are finding and like demonstrating that uh, closing the prisons across California is in the interest of like public safety, uh, in the interest of the environment, um, is in the interest of public health and is in the interest of um, like racial justice. So basically the short answer is trying to draw people in or like, pull, like uh, call people in to understand how uh, the PI, like how ending and abolishing the prison industrial complex would be beneficial for their lives and how and why we can do that. So yeah, sorry, I have one last thing to say. Uh, Basically, we want to like, uh, sorry, one tactic that we have, or like one approach that we have is basically wanting to move funds from, like various parts of the PIC into things that actually make us safe. So like one example that you could also say too is like what if instead of spending like, I think California has like $18 billion in its corrections budget for this year. So like instead of putting like $18 billion towards that, like what if we put like 10 billion towards like public housing and then like the 8 billion towards like building schools, like? Wouldn't, isn't that something you want in your community? Like a a university rather, like a public university rather than like a prison. Um, And so yeah, basically wanting to build things that are life affirming, um, sustainable, and like healthy for our future instead of uh, more things that hurt and harm us.
2: Thank you so much for uh, joining us Uh, again, uh, Vidju. I think that just about wraps up the questions that we have. Do you have anything else to add? Where can people find you? Do you have social media?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, So, yeah, we are at uh, Krile Co-Resistance on Instagram um, and Curb Prisons on Instagram as well. Uh, And then we also have, like, Twitter for both of those uh, pieces. And I guess the only thing I would add is... So in our uh, Close California Prisons Campaign, uh, we're fighting to close 10 prisons by 2025. Um, And long story short, uh, the prison population of California has been going down for the past 20 years. And as the lowest it's, and as the, and it's uh, below 100,000 for the first time in 30. And this is like through the longstanding work of different organizers, communities, uh, people inside and outside of prisons, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're working to kind of like take that work and like build off that work in the past and take that work one step further by like closing these prisons for good and like putting uh, all that resourcing and all that funding towards things that actually make us safe. So definitely uh, come on board for the campaign, uh, check us out on social media and you can uh, learn more there.
2: Yeah, and we'll make sure to put those links in our show description on YouTube and um, on Spotify and wherever else our podcasts are released. Once again, thank you so much, Viju. Uh, and uh, I think I speak for myself and Milda, certainly, and hopefully for our audience. When I say that I, I learned a lot, I was open to a completely new perspective that I've never had access to. And yeah, once again, I just really appreciate you for coming on and the great work the organization's doing thank you
1: yeah thanks so much thanks for having me